Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. Audience, we have missed you so, so very much, and happy Infinity War weekend to (laughs) all of you. Hopefully, you have gotten to the movies by the time we have recorded this, uh, or sorry, by the time you have uh, have started listening to this, I will have already seen Infinity War. I will probably be crying. I haven't seen it as of this recording, um, but I am trying to avoid the spoilers as much as possible. I have threatened my students. I have told Lindley not to say anything. I have RKO'd old women in the streets. I am deadly serious. The internet is dark and full of spoilers. Um, <laughs> but audience, this is uh, Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, we are but a humble podcast. We enjoy talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if... Excuse me, as if you are uh, watching a movie and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by my best good buddies. Uh, first up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented, the stardust queen herself. It's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Lindley, as of this recording, has actually gotten a chance to watch uh, Infinity War, so she is in tears. <laughs> I'm not okay. That's all she's, that's that's literally all that I I will agree that she can say. Anything beyond that, I won't even let her tell me, like, give me, like, a, like on a scale of 1 to 10. I She asked me if I wanted it, I said, I don't even want that. I, I want the bare minimum. <laughs> I don't I want to be I I want to go into the movies untainted. Um guys, this is um this is a very strange episode because um as I was telling both Lindley and Steven before the episode started, Popcorn Prattle actually began because of Marvel movie theories. <laughs> That's how it began. And so and so I it's kind of poetic that uh, we finally get to Infinity War, and on the weekend of Infinity War, we are not going to spoil this movie. Um, as Lindley stated before the show, uh, this this is a movie that needs to be left untainted, right, Lindley? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I told you, I told you, honest. She's still she's still quite in shock over over the movie, but it's going to be okay. Hard. Can't comprehend. Well, and she's not allowed to talk to anybody about it, so... No, I'm not! <laughs> well, this is starting to turn, like, really, really dark now. She, she is in pain, no Marcus, idea. and she can't talk to anybody about this? She has to wait. She has to wait two days, Stephen. In two days, she can talk <laughs> She can talk about it with me. But until then, oh. Lindley, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> nah. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> But audience, don't worry because we still have. Even though we're we're gonna hold off on giving you spoilers um, on Infinity War, um, and I know we promised uh, Dave of Hey Dave, Hey Dave, Hey Dave. Uh, we we promised to bring Dave onto the this episode, but um, I had a bit of a change of heart um, just because 
Um, it's again this weekend. I don't feel is the best weekend to do the spoiler review of Infinity War. Let's let some people sit back, relax, let them enjoy it first. Um, so next episode, next episode, we will do a, a spoiler filled review of Infinity War and talk about where the MCU could go um, because this is a whole this is a whole new chapter that they're entering um, the end of one story and the beginning of another um, and I cannot wait to find out how how they decide to end this chapter um, that they began 10 years ago uh, but here's what we're going to talk about tonight first up we're having ourselves a little bit of a trailer roundup. We've had uh, two new trailers um, that have caused quite a bit of stir on the internet with Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom, and, of course, the Venom trailer, which I think we all have some words about. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> Steven especially. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll close out the show not talking about uh necessarily talking about infinity war per, uh, per se but uh taking a look back at some of the marvel movies and giving you guys our top three um favorite marvel movies and our top three least favorite marvel movies it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and I cannot wait to dig deep and find out what everyone's favorites are and why. Um, but before we get into that, just a little, just a couple of little housekeeping things. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, and I know a number of my students are currently listening to my podcast. Hey, students, you guys hey, did students. a great job. And you guys did a great job in Shrek. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, you guys are awesome. I love you. Um, hopefully I won't curse on the show tonight <laughs> now that now that i have students listening um but if you like the show uh here's what we ask you to do go online wherever you're listening to it whether it's spotify whether it's podbean itunes google play stitcher iHeartRadio. We're literally everywhere now. I want you to go onto that platform. I want you to like. I want you to subscribe. And I want you to comment, rate, and then tell people about this show. Um, because, listen, you can donate a dollar here and there or whatever. But you know what we you know what we want? We want more people to know about Popcorn Prattle. Um, so if you can help us out by doing that, guess what? That is worth more than any amount of money that you could ever give us um of course having said that if you do decide to donate money um we will be closer to getting shirts um that's that's the goal goal get get the shirts get the merch (laughs) um (laughs) so that we can give it i love that we i uh, part of me is like let's get the merch so that we can give it away (laughs) (laughs) like that's essentially what we're doing we want to get the money so that we can buy things and then give it away to listeners (laughs) I don't know. I, I it was it was strange to me the other day. Um, but audience, uh, there are, are definitely a, uh, a variety of different ways that you can keep in touch with us and talk with us, and also learn a bit more about our uh, our movie reviews. And like I said earlier, Lindley Key here is our Stardust Queen, our Stardust hey. Ambassador, um, who is cleaning up. And matter of fact, she has a spoiler free 
review of Avengers Infinity War on her Stardust app. Um, It was just on the trending page. What? Nice. Uh, So, Lily, tell us, tell tell the audience about about Stardust. What is it? You know, like, how can they use it and and how can they follow you so that we can get you some more uh, followers? Well, folks, Stardust is an amazing app that I love to use to talk about movies or TV shows that I have just seen. All you have to do is download the app called Stardust. You can record 60-second reviews of maybe you just watched something on Netflix or you want to share your thoughts on Infinity Wars. And the best part about, especially if you're talking about Infinity War... They have an option to where if you're doing spoiler-free, great. But if you're going to get into spoiler talk, you can put a spoiler warning that will show before your review plays. So that way, if someone that you are following, like me, Little Lottie on Stardust, or the Epic Voice Guy, Sam Basher, Steve Zaragoza, all these incredible reviewers, Chris Tuckman are all on the app. Um, if they post spoilers and you don't want to see those spoilers, you can just exit right out before the review plays. So all you have to do is download the Stardust app and get to reviewing. And if you follow me at Little Lottie, same as my Instagram handle, um, I'm doing something called Lindley Likes, hashtag Lindley Likes, to where you can either comment here or on my Stardust page or on any of Popcorn Prattle's social media pages so you can request something for me to review. And if you're on Stardust and you can review it, tag me in it and then I'll review it too. I've already had one, our listener Heather. Hello, Heather. She wanted me to review The Lone Ranger because she knows of my undying love for Army Hammer. And so that's, <laughs> that's on there. You did it. You did it for you did it for army. I did it for army. Well, that's good. Not the but... army, just army. <laughs> well, audience, I I do I do really hope that you guys uh go check out Lindley on the Stardust app. Go download it. It's a great app. Um I've been stuck in the land of Shrek uh <laughs> for the past couple of months. So I have barely gotten a chance to do really anything other than this podcast um and even then i don't know how i'm how i i'd still manage to to get here um but please go out please support uh lindley and uh hopefully hopefully you'll see myself and steven um because steven you're on the stardust app now too aren't you uh no i am not Steven is not on the Stardust app. Audience, audience, go tweet at Steven uh, at Bailey's Workshop and, and tell him, like, hey, Steven, get on the Stardust app because uh, we want to see you. We want to see your beautiful face. Um, I don't say that. I don't, I, don't, I don't say your face is beautiful. That's what they say. He totally says that, guys. I, this is, <laughs> these are lies and scandals, Steven. He says this um, in the mirror every morning. No, you, I'm going to slap you in the throat. Anyways. <laughs> Audience, we're laughing. We're having a good time. Uh, we've gotten through our, our ads. So, guys, Lindley, Steven, are you ready? Ready. All right, guys, let's prattle. Uh, before we begin, let's start off with our little nugget. Um, so, word 
got out. I think I can't remember who I can't remember who shared it. I think it was you, Stephen, that was talking about. Um, is Glass like in production, post production? Where where they is it? They showed at? the first trailer at CinemaCon. Ah, they showed the first trailer at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and has has there been any leaks? I've I haven't seen anything. I don't I think, think I, I don't think I want to. I want to be surprised. I think the only photo that leaked was just like a mashup photo with the character characters. Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson is in the front. To his right is James McAvoy from a split. And mm-hmm. then to his other side is Bruce Willis. Nice. Uh, for those of you who who don't know who may who might not know what glass is glass is the official third movie of i guess the unbreakable trilogy um which nobody realized that uh split was uh, a sequel to unbreakable um until like the very very last moment which to me to me that was probably one of Shyamalan's best twists mm-hmm. um i did not see that coming at all and when it did happen i was i was so excited mm-hmm. um i don't think i've ever and it was it was cool because and i think we i think we talked about this when we all saw split um just seeing in the audience the like the minority of people who knew what bruce willis's presence in that movie meant that's i got to go to the new york premiere of it and we're all sitting there and we're really excited because all the stars are there and then in walks Bruce Willis, and we're like, "Why is he here? Why is maybe he's just friends with M Night Shyamalan?" And then when the movie ended, we're like, "Oh, that's why he's sitting behind us." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, and it's and it's and it's really cool that you know it's it's really cool that they decided to continue that story. I mean, Unbreakable. Um, is definitely one of my favorite Shyamalan movies, um, if not my if if not my my most favorite, um, and so after Split was revealed to be an Unbreakable sequel, um, I think it was like immediately they announced that uh, a third movie was going to come out called Glass, which if you've seen the movie Unbreakable, that is the name of Samuel Jackson's character who is a uh, he's not necessarily like I wouldn't call him like a super villain per se, but he is the he is like the secret villain of the of the entire movie. Um, you find out that he's in charge of like all these terrorist attacks, and uh, he's been looking for Bruce Willis's character um, to find somebody who's the exact opposite of him because he has uh, brittle bones disease, whereas Bruce Willis can't be hurt by anything would you say he's unbreakable i mean maybe i maybe i would maybe i wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) um but at the end at the end of uh unbreakable uh samuel jackson's character goes to jail and they make mention of samuel jackson's character in at the end of split um because it, it is revealed that he was in charge of all, he was responsible for all the terrorist attacks. So here's my question, guys. Um, now that I've gotten through that very lengthy explanation for those who have never seen these movies. Um, what, 
what what route do you want to see them go or what route do you think they will go as far as the movie glass like what do you think the plot will be because we've all seen unbreakable we've all seen split um and i don't know i feel like knowing like knowing a bit more about the mythology thanks to things like split and you know thinking about unbreakable i feel like we can come up with some sort of picture on what we can expect from glass Hmm. I don't I mean, know. Hmm. For me, it's really hard to say because it could go in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I could see either a team up of Glass and um, the personalities from Split. Oh, the Horde. Yeah, the Horde. And then Bruce Willis has to find the girl, be like, Hey, they're going to make it up a team. (laughs) Oh, wait, wrong universe. (laughs) So, yeah, I I honestly don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of of think that maybe, um, I think that maybe... Uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, I think that he finds a way to manipulate the beast mm-hmm. into becoming like his muscle hmm. as a means to like, oh, oh, you know what? Here's what I think they might go. I think they might, I th- because remember, Mr. Glass is like a huge, huge comic book fan, right? Fan, right? And so he knows that he is, he is um, Bruce Willis's character, um, David Dunn. David Dunn, thank you, David Dunn's uh, arch nemesis in his mind, because he's the complete opposite. He's unbreakable. He is breakable, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, thinking about that, right? Superman is super powerful. Yes. He's super fast, super strong. He can fly. He's got heat vision, ice breath. He's powered by the sun. Brought but who's his arch? But who's his arch nemesis? Um, Lex Luthor. Right, but Lex Luthor is just a man. Superman comes in. Superman can kill Lex at any point in time. He chooses not to, right? But he has the ability to do so. However, there was somebody who was able to kill Superman. And that, my friends, was Doomsday, right? In the Death of Superman storyline. Or, as most mainstream people know, Batman v Superman. We don't bring that up. I know we don't bring that up, but I have to bring it up for this this point. (laughs) I think... Mr. Glass spends his entire time in jail reading comic books, and he stumbles on the death of Superman. And he's like, I need, in order to defeat the man who can't be beaten, I need somebody who is just as strong, who is, ju- who, who is a lot more ruthless than he is. So he hears about the beast, he enlists the beast's help, 
and he sends him after David Dunn. And then that is the story. And like, and it's David Dunn's like job. He has to, he's looking, I think on one hand, he's looking for the beast, but on the other hand, he's also trying to avoid a fight with him Mm. because he knows this is somebody who could potentially kill him. And Glass knows that there's a good chance that, yes, he could die. And this is all just a part of his sick, twisted fantasy to to have, like, a, a superhero life. Interesting. That's, that is my prediction. Stephen, what, what say you? What would, what would you want to see from Glass? Well, that would be the plot, definitely, I would want to see. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, oh, good. I'll get right on it. <laughs> yeah, no, because, I mean, I, you know, I thought, you know, Unbreakable, ever since it came out, I thought it was one of the best movies I'd ever seen. Mm. And, you know, M. Night Shyamalan had talked about making, you know, a trilogy out of it for years. And that would mean, you know, following the three-act structure, you know, you've got the origin story uh, where you're introduced to the hero the second part is where the hero encounters uh, the problem or the conflict. Um, for a for a better sense of this, the Dark Knight trilogy followed the same pattern, where you had the origin story in Batman Begins, then you had the Dark Knight where he encounters uh, his uh, challenge or the Joker, which is the antithesis to what he stands for, and then the third chapter is the final showdown with the ultimate uh, villain um, or in that case, Bane. So for this one, it really depends if M night Shyamalan is considering this part three of that story or part mm-hmm. two, because technically speaking a uh, split focused almost, you know, it focused on the villain and you could almost treat it like that's the villain's origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting because now it's like, well, wait a minute. What if this is the second act uh, for the villain and not necessarily the second act, but it's also the second act for David Dunn. So it could be the second act, could also be the third act. Uh, it just really depends how M. Night Shyamalan wants to take it. Personally, I'm hoping this is just the second act. Um hmm. Yeah, which, you know, the plot you described would fit perfectly because it would mean he has to face um, the challenger who is capable of doing serious harm to him or who actually poses a threat to him. And it could end on a cliffhanger. It might not. I don't know. But, um, you know, it really all depends if he's going to go with this is act two or act three. Mm -hmm. Um, Could Mm -hmm. go either way. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited. I'm just glad we get to see Do- uh, Mr. Glass again because it was such an iconic ending. Like, I did, I did, yeah. not, I did not see it coming um, when it happened. I was just sitting there really invested in the movie. And then, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, um, when he just goes, he's like, I think this is the part where we shake hands. You're so caught up in that drama of him realizing that, yeah, he could potentially be a modern day actual superhero. And then they mm-hmm. shake hands and it's this emotional moment. But wait, it gets interrupted when he has a premonition about uh, Mr. Glass or um, Elijah Price, I think is his name. 
um, yes. being the villain the whole time. It was like, no, it's such an <laughs> it's such an emotional scene. Like I still to this day get emotional when I watch that scene because it's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just it, it, it's like it is definitely M Night's strongest film, and mm-hmm. I think you know uh, he he was quoted one time as saying that. You know, his films are not supposed to be horror films. They're supposed to be emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Unbreakable is the perfect example of that. It's a, It's got thrilling moments, but it also has very human elements about it, too. And I've, hey, you know what was it, like 18 years later, finally getting a sequel? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's cool. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just... It's it's just all around a, a strong movie, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything bad against Unbreakable. I mean, if anything, I think a lot of people have even looked at Unbreakable as being like one of the strongest superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, it's like I see it as a superhero movie, but I would never put it in like the same league as like Marvel or like anything from the DCEU. I feel like it's almost its own entity. You know, almost like how I view like the Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight trilogy, yes, is a uh, is a superhero movie. It's it's Batman, um, but it doesn't have those quite that same. It's it doesn't feel. exist in the realm of fantasy, right? True. Because even in Split, um, they they do a great job of explaining like why it's possible for him to do the things that he does. And I would be interested in, in, in seeing kind of almost that same explanation in glass about David Dunn. Not that I need it, but the fact that they're able to do it, that they're able to think that they're able to, you know, plan it out and, you know, come up with an explanation. It's like, all right, now let's explain it. Um, Even if it's like a very brief scene, I think that I think that's cool, and I think that's something that not every modern, like most superhero movies, can do. Um, because I feel like it it when you do that in like something like a you know Iron Man or, or whatever, it, it almost takes away from it. You know that's why origin movies are are the weakest mm-hmm. um, within Marvel movies, and why the sequels are tend to be stronger because they don't because te- they don't bog you down with like why can you do this? You don't need to know. <laughs> like all you need to know is we're about to fight a monster or something. Yeah. So I I really am I'm I'm excited to see Glass. Um I really hope it's strong. I I don't think it's a coincidence that Unbreakable and Split are my favorite Shyamalan movies. <laughs> I think it's just gonna keep I think it's just hopefully it will just keep on going with Glass, but we shall certainly see. But what uh, about the happening? What? Yeah, what no. The happening? What? No. Ugh, such a horrible movie. <laughs> I, for one, enjoyed it. No, you didn't. <laughs> Don't even tell that lie. <laughs> no one enjoyed the happening. Mark Wahlberg didn't enjoy the happening. That's right. He really didn't. <laughs> I think he commented on it years later saying, I don't even remember what the movie was called, man. It's about the trees, man. <laughs> it was so stupid. 
That's so dumb. It's true. He did. He gave an art in an interview like that. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, let's talk about movies that uh, a couple of movies that have not necessarily come out. Uh, they're not quite as anticipated as Infinity War was, but still were still was able to ma- still was able to uh, create a bit of a buzz on the internet. Uh, we're going to talk about first off Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Uh, they finally this was the final trailer, right? That came out. I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. And it definitely shows a lot more of the plot, and I know. Steven, Steven, you posted something on social media recently about about that. Because um, I guess were people so were people complaining about the trailer and, and it revealing too much? Yeah, so the complaint is that the movie reveals so much, you know, that you can more or less piece together the general flow of the plot. You know, right. some half of it will be on the island, the other half will be you know, dealing with uh, other people on the mainland. And some people even went so far as to say this is just a remake of The Lost World. And I honestly, you know, I I don't think Universal's that dumb with a franchise mm. this lucrative. Um, Have you seen The Mummy? <laughs> well, wait, hold on now. Spielberg wasn't in charge of that. I have. Speaking of which, the Dark Universe is still their website is still up. It's hilarious. You should go check it out. Of course it, it is. They're they going to reboot the new it. Space Jam. <laughs> They're going to reboot it again. <laughs> um, but no, the um, this is this is my thought. Hmm. I think this is the sequel to the Lost World that we never got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the Lost World. You know it's not people don't tend to really talk about it as memorable as the original Jurassic Park was, but they forget how really well made that movie was. In a lot of ways, it was ahead of its time. In some ways it didn't try to duplicate what Jurassic Park did. It, Mm -hmm. you know, had a different tone, a different kind of story. Yeah. Some of the characters were pretty stock, but the dino action was all anyone cared about. And it delivered on that by leaps Mm -hmm. and bounds. I don't even think Jurassic World uh, topped the action uh, in that movie. And um, and it ended, you know, with the famous scene where the T-Rex gets loose in San Diego. And when they said they were going to make a Jurassic Park 3, you know, by that point, you know, the franchise was like six years old. All the kids who saw the original Jurassic Park and loved it, you know, they were getting older. And it really showed in Jurassic Park 3. It felt like it was made for kids who had just graduated from watching Barney. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing is like, you know, for all the criticisms, you know, that I think are fair about Jurassic World, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is a masterpiece compared to Jurassic Park 3. I could go <laughs> on and on. And in fact, I'm very tempted to do a kernel review about it right now. Uh, but I won't, <laughs> because there were just so many things that betrayed, you know, the sense of wonder and adventure and um, even the, you know, the scientific warnings of the first mm-hmm. two films. You know, it was like going from, you know, Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back to Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was really it was a lazy movie. Um, and, 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 and it was it, the biggest 
problem I had with it, even to this day, is that The Lost World set up a premise that really should, we should have already gotten this movie before, where dinosaurs do end up roaming the planet. And I don't mean mm. like planet dinosaur where they take over and then mankind goes extinct. I mean humans and dinosaurs having to learn to coexist, basically. Mm-hmm. It would be called, I mean, you could take that in so many directions. Like, you know, uh, treat some of the dinosaurs like invasive species. You could have like an ecological disaster movie. You could have, uh, a, you know, treat some of the, you know, since it looks like they're going to be exploring a corporate greed in this, you know. I mean, it, you go into some serious existential uh, disaster themes that were present in the original Michael Crichton novel, which for anyone who hasn't read the novel, it's it's actually a lot scarier uh, than the movies, surprisingly. And I feel like they're going to try tipping closer to that a little bit more. Um, right. Which I'm all in favor of. Um, but yeah, I, de- I, really, I really do think this is the movie that Jurassic Park 3 should have been. Um, that that's my personal take on it, and and plus I, a lot of the images, like the shot of the mosasaur, just <laughs> coming out of the out of the giant tidal wave, getting ready to gobble up some surfers. Those are images I have wanted to see for decades now, and mm. so it's like a dream come true finally getting to see that. So it's like, yeah, that's awesome. I I have to I have to really agree with you, Stephen. I um. Well, first off, I have to say, I I love Lost World. That's that's yeah. my favorite of of the of the original trilogy. Lost World to me was so much so much better. I was I was a lot I was I was a lot more invested in Lost World than I was in Jurassic Park. Probably because I was older. Because um, when I was when I saw Jurassic Park, I mean I was I was really young. Um, I just like dinosaurs at the time. Um, Lost World, however, I was I was definitely invested in the plot and what was happening. And so when I saw when I watched the trailer for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and I saw those things that reminded me of Lost World, I didn't take that as like a loss. I was like, that's smart. Like, let's keep building on let's keep building on yeah. some of those ideas. Like, let's you know, like you said, let's build on the ideas that these that engine is now selling dinosaurs to the highest bidder and it's like you know and and using them as as weapons of mass destruction that's you know they they can just end up anywhere around the world um i i was all i i watched this trailer i finished watching it and i said i'm now excited for this movie i was like does it give away the plot? Not necessarily, I don't think. It I think that there's still the mystery of what's going to happen, though. They they do, but I mean, I mean, again, I feel like, but again, kind of like what we said earlier, I needed to see some of that stuff off of the island because I was like, if you're going to tell me that I'm gonna stay on an island the entire time and that the big thing is going to be like you're getting the dinosaurs off the island, that's not a good movie to me. That I can watch, I can watch Jurassic World for all that. You, but you've got, you've got to show me some scene of them off the island, because if you're stuck, because we've seen them on the island, 
They've been trapped on the island with the dinosaurs, and we get it. It's a horrible, it's a horrible uh, place to be when you're by yourself and you're trying to find the one working radio on the island that can, that can contact Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. But I think back to Lost World when the T-Rex is tearing up my hometown of San Diego <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this would be terrifying. Also, where are the cops? <laughs> why, why is there nobody I, I don't I mean I feel like that's not going to be a thing in um, post lost world slash post 9-11 uh, <laughs> uh, America in these movies yeah. but at the time I'm like this is terrifying like where where's the military where where are people like like trying to kill this dinosaur right now that's eating all these people and chasing chasing poor Jeff Goldblum um and so I, I like I said, I like I like the I like the images that they're showing. I thought it was a lot scarier. Um, yeah, and I'm just I can't say I can't say enough good things about that trailer. I I mean, like I said, to me, it didn't reveal too much. If anything, it just got me excited to watch the movie now, and that's all I've been waiting for this whole entire time. Because before I thought I was like, well, Chris Pratt, I guess is going to be phoning it in. Because he probably wanted to get back on set of a uh, Guardians Volume Three, <laughs> but it looks. But again, it looks cool. It looks interesting. But Lindley, what 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 say you? I don't know. I'm kind of on the. I'm kind of on the. It gave away a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen most of the movie. Really? See, I, 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 again, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. Because, like I said, to me, it just, it just does not. I still feel like there's, there's enough mystery in it that, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be surprised by several moments in there. Like, yeah. what is, what is Engine's master plan? So it's actually, it sounds like it's not even Engine. It's another company um, that it, it's basically, um, I think the analogy they gave once was like comparing it to, you know, PC had a computer and now Mac's got their own. It's going to be kind of like that. It's, it's another company. And one of the characters uh, played by James Cromwell, it's, it, we really don't know anything. Like they're not showing him at all. Um, and, uh, they said he's, he's going to be an old business associate of, um, John Hammond's from the original Jurassic Park. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, that could go either way. Maybe he's a good guy or maybe he's done something really, really shady. That's going to ruin everything. I don't know. Right. Um, one thing I have to say that I, I heard today, uh, that has also made me really excited they said this one is going to have more animatronic dinosaurs than any of them, uh, including, I think, even the original Jurassic Park movie. Oh, that'll be nice. That will mm. be. It'll be so nice. It's, it's like, oh, my gosh, something actually there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we've seen a little bit of that in the trailers, too. So, And they look beautiful. So it's like, yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we will we will definitely have to see. It's not going to be too too much longer. It comes out uh, June twenty second, 
Um, so we're we're getting very very close to to finally watching Jurassic World. It'd be a great way to kick off the summer um, to see an, uh, a a classic summer hit coming back, um, and hopefully get that same nostalgic feeling as when we uh, when we saw Jurassic World. Um, Cause that was just, again, that was just, that was just a fun moment, especially seeing it with my dad after yeah. watching like the first Jurassic, Jurassic Park with him. And so it's like, Aww. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was fun. Oh, yeah. But speaking of fun, we have to talk about something that maybe won't be as fun or as interesting. Dodgeball? Hey, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> and maybe if you can dodge a ball, you can dodge having to see Venom. Because uh. this has... this. Did you guys realize Venom? the Venom trailer split people into two camps? Like people, Some people like the Venom trailer. I don't know if you guys do. You, like the, you liked it? I, it gave me some hope. What? Lindley, how is it... Sucked. What bizarre world are we in where I'm agreeing with Steven on every topic so did far? Did you see that transformation? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. I liked it. And I like the kind of Jekyll and Hyde-esque like, feel this movie has. What? <laughs> I liked it. Don't get your dark universe mixed in with my Spider-Verse. Hey. hey. We don't talk about the dark universe. Well, you brought up Jekyll and Hyde. And you know he's in the dark universe. That's not, that's not what I meant. And I'm Mr. Hyde. Excuse, no, Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> no, has his own name. musical. <laughs> Thank you, Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> It's a different oh. confrontation, just so you know. There's two Don't. confrontations. There's Jekyll Hyde confrontation. There's the lamest confrontation. Back to Venom. So tell us, so tell us, Lindley, what were your initial thoughts about Venom? I told you I liked it. <laughs> so you liked, you liked, you liked it. So you liked the transformation part. Was there anything else? Because if it's just the transformation part, I'm about to eat you alive right now. Okay, okay. I told you I like. The Jekyll and Hyde-esque feel it has. Nothing to do with the Dark Universe, but I like the kind of him struggling with the two sides of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny Slate is always a nice touch. I love Jenny Slate. I was very surprised that she was in this movie. Was not expecting her to be in this movie, but I was like, hey, I like you. And I like the transformation. Uh, the <laughs> transformation, Lindley. It, first off, why is like the symbiote constantly like popping out of his back like like old black gum? Psh, 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 psh. 
That's all I saw the entire time it was like, and and Tom Hardy doing this weird accent. We was like, like, why would we do that? Why would we do that? He looks like a strung out crackhead the entire the entire trailer. Like he looks like he's on hard drugs. You you, you zeroed in on his on his uh, voice. I'm gonna zero uh, on his looks. I'm gonna zero in on his, uh, his voice. Um, as as Eddie Brock. Uh, or sorry, as Venom, he kind of sounds like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good claw. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. Next time. I mean, that's what he sounded like. Claw. Upon further analysis, I realized that as Eddie Brock, he sounded like Doctor Claw. From that Disney Matthew Broderick d- Inspector Gadget. Broderick? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Broderick? Whatever. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced that way by him. It's almost as bad as people saying it's Super Mario Brothers. Oh, you don't even. The point <laughs> is, the voice is weird. I couldn't get past the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we do that? We do that. We are going to rip them. <laughs> also, I don't like I don't like that Venom is starting off as a hero. Like they're saying like they're saying like oh he's an anti-hero. Um no. If he's saving people's lives, he's a hero. Okay, that that's how that works out. Um, I mean, I I really expected them to go the route of let's make this a a true horror movie. Like, let's make this like the New Mutants trailer where it's Eddie Brock. He gets the symbiote and he starts killing people in like the hallways of some of some medical facility like that would that would be so cool. You know, and to have him, like, struggle with, like, you know, uh, not killing his love interest and, like, she's the only one that can stop him. And then maybe we maybe we introduce Carnage in there and he has to control his powers or, like, you know, a la Incredible Hulk. He has to just, like, just aim me in the right direction and I can I can stop him. I can't control it, but maybe I can just point him in the right direction. You know, something like that. That would be an interesting movie. This, however, is not looking like an interesting movie especially since there's no peter parker guys give me peter parker with the black symbiote suit right now and then you can give me tom hardy give me tom holland first and then introduce and then introduce tom hardy doggone it Do I need to bring up the elephant in the room? Do I need to bring up Spider-Man 3? No. Well, it's, well as, Stephen has, as Stephen has told, I mean, he, he didn't really mind Spider-Man 3. <laughs> See, with, okay. Spider-Man 3 completely dropped the ball on Venom. I think we can all safely agree. And maybe that's putting it lightly. Um, 
But I want to draw our attention to an, uh, a podcast we did, I want to say maybe six months ago, somewhere around there, where we predicted the plot about Venom. What did we say? We said something like, it's going to be about how some evil, who cares what his name is, military overlord, is going to run mm-hmm. an experiment on Eddie Brock. Something goes wrong. He becomes Venom. Now they want it back. And he's going to be chased by that. And at the very end, we're going to see a little vial with a little red strand. And then Gordon going up to him and saying he leaves a calling card. He flips it over and it's a little Joker card. And that's how we're going to get a tease for Carnage. And (laughs) what the heck did this trailer show us? Oh, it showed us. Hey, I'm Eddie Brock. I'm going to go into this little experiment. Oh, something went wrong. Oh, evil military overlords are looking for it back. And then to cap it all off, the worst tagline in the history of taglines. Unleash or let your inner anti-hero out. That's like, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's like... (laughs) That's so dumb. <laughs> Tell us how I mean, you really feel, Stephen. I mean, it's like saying, prepare to stand up and ask for directions politely. Or, may the mass times acceleration be with you. You just, it's, it's so, it doesn't have quite the same punch as, you know, whatever they were going for with Venom. And that transformation scene, I know that the tongue and the the black gunk and everything is you know a trademark of venom in the comics i don't know what it was i don't know if it's the lighting or the performance or the angle of the camera or the way he cocks his head kind of sideways <laughs> venom looks like a tonger a what a tonger he looks like he's ready to shove his tongue down the guy's throat what hey hey don't judge whatever venom's into okay it's it's i just couldn't take it seriously at that point he looked like he's about ready to go i want to kiss you this seems like the beginning of some really weird fanfic it looked like a really weird fanfic now that you mention it well it does it look it just (laughs) As my friend would say, it looks awful. I will give it this. It looked more like Venom than Topher Grace. And that's all I can give it. That is very true. That is very true. I like, I definitely like the the look of, uh, of Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock. That, that I agree with. But this whole... Just creating this universe without Spider-Man just seems wrong. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. And I know that there's rumors that they would like to try and tie it into the MCU. But unless you, unless you come right out of the gate and say that it's connected, your movie's going to flop. Mm-hmm. Because they've proven time and time again they cannot they they are not successful to, um, making spider the Spider Verse. They can't do it. They don't know how to. That's why they had to give them to Marvel. And guess what? Marvel had the best Spider Man movie of all time. 
it well not even I wouldn't say the best the truest Spider-Man movie of all time and I know Dave you're listening right now and you're probably disagreeing with me but I don't care that's my opinion Wait, and what I'm and what and but what I but what I am saying is you have a great Spider-Man already in the MCU how hard would it have been to just give Marvel the rights to Venom and put him within the MCU. That's another great villain that they could add to their growing list of villains that we actually care about and feel sympathy for. Like, I feel like they would do a much better job making me care about Venom. Even as a villain. That's just it. I don't want to care about Venom. He's the bad guy. Well, I want to. Well, okay. I don't want to care about Venom, but I want to care about Eddie. That's who I want to care about. Like, I want to feel bad for Eddie at times. Okay. Yeah. And, and not, and not, and and I mean, and I'm not talking about like in a wicked or maleficent type of way, but I'm talking about like a Killmonger type of way. I'm talking about like a Loki kind of way. These are two bad guys. Don't get it twisted. But you feel bad for them in both their respective movies. I mean, I still get choked up in Thor when Loki is like is yelling at Odin and he's like, you could never love me because you could never have a frost giant for a son. That that kill it's a short, quick scene, but it makes it it makes me cry so much because you see so much hate in his eyes. And for them to carry that through through so many movies is just a testament of that scene. And that is, and that to me is is powerful. So I need to, I want to see that with Venom, but at the same time, give me that, but keep keep him a villain. Venom is a bad guy. He's not the antihero. At least he shouldn't start off that way. Like, let me see him be the bad guy, and then let me see that big switch. Because guess what? That's what made Loki's switch so impactful. When Loki teams up with Thor, you're like, oh, man, like, it's about to go down. So, that's, that, that, that's just what I think about, about Venom. I mean, like I said, people are on both sides of the fence. We're on both sides of the fence here on Popcorn Prattle. I didn't think we would be. I honestly thought you wouldn't like it, Lindley. I, I am, I am shocked. I did. I did. I, I am so shocked. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. I was about to say, don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Oh. It's okay to like bad movies, even if they're called The Happening. Indeed. What? No. <laughs> what? No. No. I love that's the one. That's the only line we we quote from that movie but i feel like that's the only quotable line oh no if you go back and rewatch it there's tons of stupid lines scaring for me <laughs> uh i just hate that i sorry just on a side note i hate the scene at the very beginning of the movie when he's talking about how like perfect that like the the kid's skin is and whatnot and like how he has great genes but then he's gonna like become ugly by the time he hits 18 yeah, yeah. That, that's it's a really weird, weird, like, overly long scene. Yeah. 
was like, why is he talking to this kid like this for so long? It's weird. It is weird. It's really weird. But you know what's not weird? What? The past 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it. <laughs> that, guys, this is incredible. That over the past 10 years, right? They've made these movies, expected people to watch them, remember what happens in each movie, watch the team-up movies, get small hints at like us like this like these little stones that you don't even find out that they're all connected until Guardians. Or no, Thor of the Dark World. And then to have Infinity War come out and have all of these all of these big stars from all of these different movies come together to fight the ultimate evil that's impressive that is playing the long game to the fullest and i and i do not understand why and i i i, I know this is about marvel but i cannot understand why dc does not recognize that cuz they could easily do the same thing because they have, in my opinion, they have stronger characters. They definitely have stronger heroes. And yet, Marvel's doing this with, you know, superheroes that nobody, nobody was paying attention to these people. And now, they're the faces of Marvel. That is true. There was a time when a lot of them were what they called second-tier superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, we're not going to talk about Infinity War, but let's roundtable this um, as we are wont to do in our main event for the evening. And let's talk about our top favorite uh, Marvel movies and our least favorite Marvel movies. It's main event time. All right, so... Uh, let's, let's do this, right? So let's go around the table, say what our favorite Marvel movie is, and then a, a brief explanation on, on why it's our favorite Marvel movie. It could be anything from, like, the plot, how it affected the MCU as a whole, anything like that. Anything you want to share about it that you're like, this is why I made this pick for my top favorite Marvel movies. Um, who would like to start? Well, hold on. Just to be clear, these are specifically MCU Marvel movies? These are MCU Marvel movies, yes. Okay. And we're so doing no... one, or, one or three? Three. Okay. Sorry, I didn't understand. Sorry, I didn't understand what you were saying at first. I was like, phase one, two, or three? I'm like, I figured we would just do all the phases. <laughs> all oh! The phases. One choice, two choices, or three choices. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and no, and we won't, and we will not include, uh, we will not be including the TV shows in this mix. It is just uh, the movies. Just that's for the audience, not for you guys. Geek. So, who would like to start? I'll go. Oh, go ahead. Alrighty. So, I think my number one, and just because of what it accomplished, mm-hmm. it's always going to be my number one and that is 
the Avengers. Nice. The very first Avengers because it proved to us for the first time that all these heroes could come together, make a cohesive story, and make a great movie. Mm. It continues to be just full of great action, great characters, great moments. It's just a solid movie all around. And it's the it's the one Iron Man, yes, is the first one. It got us on the right foot, but the Avengers, that was the one that sparked the universe. So yeah. That's my number one. That's a good that's a solid choice. And I and I and I definitely agree with that explanation on, on why you chose yeah. uh Avengers. What's second? Second is going to be Thor Ragnarok. A pretty recent <laughs> one. But mm-hmm. dang it, it's so good. <laughs> and it didn't end with Loki fake dying. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's incredibly well written. Didn't expect it at all to be as good as it was. Because it not just works as a Marvel movie, it works as a straight up comedy. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my number three. Loved it. Loved it. Great. Solid movie. <laughs> nice. And my number three pick. It's going to be a little controversial because I know how people feel about this movie. But I, I, I'm a fan of Avengers Age of Ultron. I, I was going to put Avengers Age of Ultron as my top three. Okay. Because a lot of people say like, oh, it's not as good as the first Avengers or, oh, there's so many like things about like, yes, it does have its problems. But it's very memorable to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I can still remember everything that happened in that movie. I love James Spader as Ultron. Yes. I love James Spader as Ultron. He was very funny. Very, like, threatening. Mm -hmm. Like, can you look at Pinocchio the same way? Like, there are no strings (laughs) on me. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. And also, Mm -hmm. it introduced us. To my girl, Scarlet Witch. People, if you haven't figured out how crazy powerful Scarlet Witch is yet, get it together. She can change (laughs) an entire universe with three words. And this has nothing to do with Infinity Wars. People, go read House of M. (laughs) So that's my top three. Mm -hmm. I want to just add had something about age of ultron i mean i didn't because i didn't put on my list Mm -hmm. but age of ultron really does lay the groundwork to me i mean not having seen infinity war really does lay the groundwork leading into infinity war it really does most i mean they i feel like they did a better job post age of ultron with as far as like connecting the movies Mm -hmm. and really making like here's what happened in in the last avengers movie Here's the aftermath. That's what I loved seeing. I mean, Thor Ragnarok, all of it, like, the beginning of the movie starts off with him, like, this is after 
the events of Age of Ultron. It's very clear he's still affected by it. Spider-Man Homecoming, affected by the events of Age of Ultron. Yes, it's more so of Civil War as well, but you got to remember, Civil War began because of Age of Ultron. There are so many there are so many different things that that happen to these characters internally mm-hmm. more so than externally and that's that to me that's that's what's more important about it because it, it, without a age of Ultron Civil War doesn't work mm-hmm. okay. they could have easily made the Civil War movie but there wouldn't have been that like distrust amongst them because age of Ultron did that. That's what that that was when you started to see the cracks in this team. And then Civil War was, okay, here's the team smashing apart. Which was important because now you've got cuz now going into Infinity War, these people who were a team and trusted each other have to take on this big bad and guess what? Maybe they don't trust each other anymore. Mhm. We don't know because they haven't been together in like uh, I think it's like I don't know how long it, I don't know how long it is between Civil War and and they do uh, they they do say how long it's been okay don't say anything I'm not that's why I'm, I didn't say <laughs> audience I'm making a guess I don't know the actual timeline <laughs> but let's I mean let's ten million years okay. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years before the Battle of Yavin. What? <laughs> Just for that, you get to go next. <laughs> oh, okay. Three favorites? <laughs> Three favorites. All right, well, number one spot's going to have to be Black Panther. Um, yes. That was just a good movie all around. Um, I... I can't really explain anything better than that. It was just really entertaining. The uh, characters were really fleshed out. The world was really fleshed out. Um, And at no point did I ever really feel like I was watching, you know, an advertisement for the next movie or anything like that. Um, In fact, that's really what I would ultimately say was kind of the deciding factor for most of these, uh, my favorite spots. But Black Panther, I just felt like, what it achieved socially um, and for really in the history of cinema, I think has to be recognized. Um, You know, it was, it was just an overall really good movie. Um, Number two, I would have to say was probably Captain America civil war. Um, I felt like something of consequence happened. Um, and again, it was really entertaining and I felt like, I felt like, you know, even more so than in the other ones that I had seen up to that point, I felt like there was emotional weight and that's always really important to me in a story. And I felt like because they were put at odds with each other and their different philosophies, I felt like that emotional weight, uh, was kind of, um, more prevalent than in some of the other ones Uh, more prevalent than uh, what I've got listed as my three least favorites. Um, Mm. Certainly. And then I guess in number three spot, I'm going to have to go with guardians of the galaxy volume two. 
Um, I know a lot of people really prefer the first one. Um, and I can understand why. I actually only saw Volume 1, like, literally a week right before I saw Volume 2. I remember um, that, So yeah. I had kind of a similar... It was kind of like when I saw those James Bond movies. Everyone, you know, when Quantum of Solace came out, that was literally an hour before was when I finished watching the first one. I'm a, I'm a slow... I'm slow when it comes to watching movies. Um, so I kind of got the story back to back. And I felt like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 actually had a stronger story. It split hmm. the team up. It gave us a chance to really kind of get to know each of them on an individual basis. Kind of like Empire Strikes Back. I mm-hmm. felt like mm-hmm. uh, Peter was given a little bit more... I don't necessarily want to say motivation so much as... He was given, it seemed like he was given a little bit more of a place in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the first one, you know, he was, you know, he's pretty much just Han Solo. But <laughs> um, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he learns about his origins more. And I, you know, it was a really fun movie. I had a really great time. Um, mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. nice. And you can't forget that emotional ending. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> oh. Winner of the best quote. Indeed, indeed. Although I I mean, not to get all sappy, but um what was what was the what was the quote that Yondu the af- I think it's after that one. May have been your, like, yeah. You may have yeah. been your father, but he ain't your daddy. He was daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um and also let's not forget in that scene, like the one one part that almost like made me burst into ugly tears when ego reveals that he's the one that killed peter's mom and you just see peter like he he, right and he like like that was like of all the things you could have said to peter quill that was the one thing you don't say regardless on like whether or not you're you're truly evil that's just dumb on your part man (laughs) Like he was gonna, he was probably gonna go help you, but then you reveal that you killed his mom. You're done. Um, that was good. That was that was a good, that's a good list, even. And I and I'll say it's a good list. And I think I'm pretty sure this is the sign of the end times because I literally have all of your choices except for one. I did volume one instead of volume two. Oh. Now I chose Black Panther. I mean, again, I mean, I I said ever since Black Panther came out, I said I'm never going to stop talking about Black Panther on the show, and it, and it feels like this is going to be the year of Black Panther. But um, I I really enjoyed this movie for the simple fact that it felt it felt so Shakespearean. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like a, a true true Marvel movie. Um, you know, there's definitely like those superhero elements in it. But I, I just love the idea of T'Challa trying to figure out, like, all right, what does it mean to be a king? And then he loses it yes. to this guy who, who makes a valid point. He's like, you know, you know, black people are all around the world. You have the technology to help protect us, and you're not doing it. So I'll do it. And in exchange, I'll kill whoever I need to. 
And so it and it and it and it it created you know in a lot of people it created this whole like you know is was Killmonger actually right? Um or was he was he ultimately wrong? Now I mean I I mean I'll go on the internet all day and say that no he, Killmonger was wrong. Um but I just I love that they brought that up and it made you really question question whether or not you uh fully support T'Challa or if you fully support Killmonger. Um, I love Civil War. I know some people didn't like it because it didn't follow the comic books. Uh, I mean, I, I love the liberties that they took with Civil War. Um, and I and to me, Civil War was the first Marvel movie I ever actually cried at. Mm. Because watching that scene when Tony looks at Steve and he's like, did you know? And you as the audience, you've known since Winter Soldier that Steve knew. And he comes up and he's like, he's like, Tony, like, you know, you don't understand. It was like ultimate, you know, there's extenuating circumstances. And he just like, and you just see Tony. He's like, don't do that. You know, he's like, tell me the truth. And I, in my heart broke for, for Tony Stark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, because when I watched that, I said, you lost him. You're not getting, you're, you're never going to get Tony. No, Tony's never going to trust you again. He can't. How can he trust you? You know? Um, so to watch that scene, to watch that scene, to watch that battle between the two of them, you know, to have Tony like end the fight. He's like, he's like, you don't deserve that shield. Um, to see Cap walk away and, and say, like, I won't be a Captain America anymore then. That, to me, was such, again, it was such a powerful moment. And again, it's another movie, and I feel like, again, the, the, the movies in the last phase really did have a lot more impact on everybody's lives. And on the and on the MCU as a whole. Yeah. Um. And so to again to watch to watch Civil War, I mean, I mean, say what you want about it, but you cannot deny that this Civil War is an important movie to the MCU. Um, the last one was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. This was hands down. I mean, this is my number two movie, easily. Um, Civil War. Well, it fights with Civil War. Guardians of the Galaxy was such, it just came out of nowhere. I I came out of the gate being like, I feel like this is going to be a fun movie. And I was not disappointed at all. They made me care about a talking tree and a raccoon. Okay? They made me ugly cry when when Rocket is sitting there and he's like, why are you doing this, you big dumb idiot? And he's like, we are Groot. And I'm like, yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are Groot. Um, you know, it, I mean, again, just it—it it was a true. It was. It really was. It was an underdog movie. It almost felt like a lot of the lines were, you know, just about the movie itself. They were the misfits. They were. The, they. That was the movie that everyone was like, "This is going to be Marvel's first failure. This is going to be their first flop," because there's no way you can sell this. Nobody knows who they are. Well. The mainstream audience has no idea who they are. Comic book people, of course, did. 
Mainstream audience, not at all. And so to say, okay, we're going to take all these characters that nobody knows and put them on a platform and hopefully they'll be a success. And then they end up being at the time the one of the most successful Marvel movies that they had out of nowhere um, with a kick-ass soundtrack, I might add. Um, so just, just again, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, fantastic movie all around and a surprise hit and really showed the world like Marvel can do no wrong. Because after that, they made Ant-Man a star. And if you can do that, you're okay. You're great in my book. (laughs) So. But all is fair. We don't want to be accused of being Marvel fanboys and girls. So, Lindley. Yes. What were your least favorite Marvel movies? Now, this, this I'm actually more curious about. Because what... What makes, what would make a bad Marvel movie? Honestly, there's only one on this list that I think is actually bad. Mm-hmm. The others I like, but not as much as the others. Hmm. So, that being said. I think number one, I have to give it to the Incredible Hulk. <gasps> you bite your tongue. Not just because the only thing I remember about this movie is oh, Edward Norton's in it. <laughs> I remember nothing about the plot. I just remember the other day that Liv Tyler was in it. Oh, yeah, she is in it. Right? It's not memorable. It's not memorable. So, it's not memorable. It, a lot of people forget it's actually in the MCU. Right. So, it's just, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they revamped the Hulk. And again, mm. nothing against Edward Norton. I think he did fine with what he had. But I'm glad they revamped the Hulk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they got him right with Avengers. Like I remember oh, yeah. sitting at the Avengers being, finally, finally, good Hulk. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Number two, I... Oh, I have to give it to Iron Man 3. <laughs> <gasps> Again, bite your tongue. Again, not because it's bad. Mm-hmm. But they 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 basically retcon the movie with the whole him taking the ark out of his heart. But then they're like, "Oh, yeah, I don't need it, but I'm gonna keep it in there anyways." <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs it to power the suit. Exactly, then why take it out in the first place? Be like, oh, I'm not going to be Iron Man anymore. Like, I'm done being Iron Man. No, you're not. You gotta, you're contracted for, like, a bunch more movies. Because he needed the shrapnel out of his chest. But, like, him, like, destroying all his suits. Oh, saying, yeah, that was dumb. I'm done with being Iron Man. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Be like, no, you're not. This, is, this movie's pointless. And then the whole <laughs> Ben Kingsley, 
I'm the Mandarin. Oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not the Mandarin. This white guy, he's the Mandarin. It's just, it's, it was a pointless movie. Technically, the Mandarin is in the MCU. He just wasn't in Iron Man 3. Anyways. <laughs> and my number three, and again, not because it's a bad movie, and I will right. explain myself. Okay. Doctor Strange. <gasps> Lindley, this list is horrible. Again, not because, <laughs> listen to me. Again, not saying, not because any of these movies are bad, but just because, as far as Doctor Strange, say Hulk, forgettable. Iron Man 3, pointless. Doctor Strange, again, not that memorable. And I'm still struggling to really care about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I felt like they started to go in a good direction with him being a doctor who has to humble himself. Mm-hmm. But he's still real snarky. He's still... You know what character I cared about most in that movie? The cape! <laughs> and if you're gonna have Rachel McAdams in your movie, use her. Oh, she was pointless. You're talking about a pointless character? She was pointless. They That's... didn't even, like... They weren't even, like, romantically involved by the end of the movie. No, like, mean... at least Pepper showed up and was like... He, like, Tony cared about her. Right? I'm just... Uh... Doctor Strange, for me, what I remember of it is some cool effects that might have made me a little sick watching in the theater. Mm-hmm. And a cool cape. And whitewashing. No, oh, that is true. And the, again, I love Tilda Swinton. There's nothing to do with Tilda Swinton. But it, it not as good or memorable as its predecessors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why those three are on my list. Not because they're bad, but because right. they're either pointless not memorable or had a lot of wasted opportunities. I I would definitely I would definitely agree with you there, Lindley. Especially about Doctor Strange. I I mean I like Doctor Strange, but I mean as far as having a a, a big impact on the MCU, yeah, not really. It's like it's like one of those it's one of the few in like the later phases that really didn't add much to the world other than here's the time stone. Mhm. That exactly. It was a filler movie. It was mm-hmm. dang it we yeah. had to fit that infinity stone in here. Oh, we got, we got to fit Doctor Strange in here. Let's give him a movie cuz he doesn't fit in anywhere else. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah. So I shall not bite my tongue. My tongue shall you're stay an old unbitten. Man and a fool. <laughs> well, you are an old man and a fool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back when we were still getting used to Chris Hemsworth. Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Yeah, Helmsworth. 
Chris? Chris. Not Liam. Who's Liam? Liam's his brother. What? Yes, you didn't know that? They look the same. Yeah, they do. Except Liam's just not as buff. That's true. Liam was Hunger Games kid. Liam was Hunger Games kid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry. I have to keep them separate. Yeah, <laughs> Steven, what's your list? So I'm going to go in order of ascending contempt. Um, starting with my number three pick. Um, mm-hmm. I put for third weakest entry was Doctor Strange. Um, I remember enjoying parts of it when I saw it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember the fight scenes were really cool, but I just, they were just, it it was kind of forgettable. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) There, I mean, I I distinctly remember enjoying certain parts of it, but I also distinctly remember having issues with Benedict Cumberbatch's, I'm going to try to speak like an American Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little <laughs> off-putting at times. Um, the plot was pretty generic. If I rec- it had a sky beam of sorts, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just it, in the long run, it really didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My second one, and this is where I really have to start kind of getting into... Um, I mean, this this really kind of speaks to some of my issues with the MCU just as a whole. Number two for me would be Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, mm. I remember, same thing, I remember watching it, I remember enjoying aspects of it, but by mm-hmm. the end of it, I just kind of felt like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I really just, it just didn't do anything for me, and I felt like, you know how, like, okay, you know how the mummy, the recent uh, catastrophe, decided Why to open up with getting the, up? the Dark Universe logo <laughs> attached to it? I felt right. like putting the first Avenger in the title was kind of a similar move, a very risky move. Now, it paid mm-hmm. off in the end, but as an outsider who had no real connection to any of this, it mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. felt like... Um, you know, a marketing ploy to really set up the whole we're building a cinematic universe. And Marcus, mm-hmm. you made a mention earlier uh, in the recording where a lot of those origin movies were the weaker ones because they were um, so focused on just giving us those boring introductions. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I don't necessarily think it was a boring movie, um, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it being anything spectacular. And, you know, actually, I was watching some clips from it the other day to kind of refresh my memory about it. And mm-hmm. holy crap is um, young Cap, before he gets put in the little capsule that turns him into Captain America, there is some seriously freaky uncanny valley going on there <laughs> with his big head and his little scrawny body. Like... I want to do what's right. It's like, this is horrifying. Right. (laughs) There is something CGI gone wrong there. (laughs) You should seriously watch it again and have nightmares. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, uh, I I would say, and since I'm just going with ones that I have actually watched, I would have to say the weakest one I have seen was Iron Man 2. 
I don't remember a single thing from that movie. I remember mm-hmm. him jumping out of a plane. I remember him landing and handing a little boy an Iron Man helmet or something. Mm-hmm. I remember him looking at a little, uh, what was it, a little monitor telling him he had toxins in his heart or something. Uh, or Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember him... Palladium in the chest. Yeah. Horrible way to die. I, I remember him being on the racetracks, and then up comes uh, Machete with, like, whips and lightning chains or whatever. <laughs> it's a it machete. Machete <laughs> <laughs> <Bacete> don't tweet. <laughs> and I swear, that's all I remember. That Okay, that movie... What I remember was, like, I think it introduced, like, a lot, like, some characters who become, like, um, Black Widow. Black Widow! That was Black Widow's first introduction. Yeah. The War Machine put on a suit for the first time. Mm -hmm. And and I just felt like, as an outsider, I I literally felt like, I don't think I have ever been that, I don't think I've been that bored watching a movie. Mm. Um, I think watching Battle of the Five Armies came close um, but but like literally it just felt like I was watching a literal theatrical film trailer right. for the rest of the MCU and I had no emotional connection to it whatsoever um, and that's that's why I have to go with that one because I really don't remember anything <laughs> like mm-hmm. at all from that one right right but, uh, what about you Marcus let's let's see I'm curious about your list I am very curious uh, about your list. I mean, I I mean, you guys know. I mean, I I mean, I really enjoy most of the movies within the MCU. Even my least favorites, I can find some way to justify them, and I and I probably will. Same. In you know when I'm going over my list, um, but I I started off with Iron Man two, and kind of for the same reasons as you, Stephen, where it's it's it is a forgettable movie, um, and it's not. It doesn't add too much to the overall story. Um, to me, Iron Man 2 is simply I, uh, a lead-in to Avengers. It sets, it sets the story up as far as why Tony isn't a part of the Avengers um, per se from the get-go. Why Tony is kind of arrogant at the beginning of it, where he, he kind of feels like, oh, like you guys called me in as a consultant, so I'm going to consult for you, but I'm not going to fight, because I hate all of you. Um, I did, again, but I but I did like, I did like that it does introduce people like Black Widow, it does introduce um, more of the dynamic of Nick Fury, it introduces his relationship with Rhodey, um, which over the years has become uh, so important to to Tony's character. Um, I mean, obviously his relationship with the Avengers is a lot, cinematically it's a lot stronger, um, but you always get the sense that like he really, really cares about Rhodey, and he really sees him like, that's that really is his only friend that he can trust. Um, but ultimately, Iron Man 2... Definitely one of the weaker ones, um, especially in terms of the villain. I thought, you know, they they kind of missed out on a, on a really badass villain, and 
basically just made him Ironmonger 2 for like two seconds. Um, Thor The Dark World was our second uh, Infinity Stone with the Aether. Um, But again, especially after reading a couple of Thor comics, uh, Malekith is such a badass character in the comics. And I feel like he was completely wasted in Thor The Dark World. I mean, I was, I, I've been reading the current issue of, um, the current run of, of Thor, which some people hate. I actually really love it. Um, I love Jane Foster Thor. Um, but the, the, the first part after the latest big crossover, um, she is fighting in like the war of the war of the nine realms and Malekith is at the at, at the center of it and he is so evil so evil and I'm like oh my gosh MCU you missed out a perfectly good opportunity to have this villain come back several times mm-hmm. and like just mess with people oh same same way like Loki you know like he could have showed up in uh he could have showed up in in Thor Ragnarok and maybe assisted Hela and given her an army of elves instead of like one manning all of Asgard <laughs> De- defeating as and as as cinema since pointed out defeating the real purpose of her ever resurrecting her army they're like you just one man Asgard like it was nothing why do you need to resurrect your army and a giant wolf just just go fight you're clearly stronger than anybody else on in the in the whole universe um, my last one is Thor. I was bored to tears by Thor. Mm. I did not like this movie at all. I mean, I appreciated it at the time, and I appreciate it now. But especially when, and 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 part of the reason why they're the first two Thor movies are there is because I watched what they did in Thor Ragnarok. And was like, you could have started off with this and then got more serious. And that would have been a good story arc. Mm. Because I felt like Thor Ragnarok was a little too silly at times. Excuse me, especially after watching it again. But I felt that, but then I was literally, this morning I was walking to my car and I thought to myself, I was like, because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. I thought to myself, I was like, Man, I really wish they would have started off with that comedic tone in Thor Ragnarok and then got more serious. Kept the comedic tone to it throughout, but give me that comedy right out of the gate. Make Thor kind of dumb. Because at the by the as my as as my friend Mitchell points out, um I can't remember if it was Mitchell or Dave, but one of them pointed out they were like, it makes no sense for Thor to be dumb in Thor Ragnarok. Because he's been around people, he's been in the world. Like he should not yeah. be dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first of in the first Thor movie, it makes sense if he's dumb because he's you know he's arrogant. He just goes around swinging his hammer. By the end, he should be a lot more intelligent. He should be serious. But <sighs> again. I didn't put Thor Ragnarok in because Thor Ragnarok is still a strong movie. Mm-hmm. Thor, however, not a strong movie. 
it almost feels phoned in the entire time. And part of that, I feel, is like Kenneth Branagh just really, 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 really thinking that he's like the best director ever. <laughs> I It does. It feels like, like when I watch it, I'm like, this feels like Hamlet. This feels like he tried to make Hamlet, but as a superhero, and it's not and it's not clicking at all. Um, but again, Thor gave us the introduction of Loki, and it led to Thor Ragnarok. So again, I can just I can justify why why it's a good movie, but um, ultimately those three are those three are my least favorites. So. Audience, um, hopefully, hopefully you guys uh, will let us know if you agree or disagree with with some of our choices. We've definitely got some interesting ones on here for a variety of different reasons, and um, I'm surprised, but not surprised by most of you, by like YouTube's logic as far as your um, as far as your picks, because you made a lot of sense as far as why they were um, why they did make the bottom of the list. Nevertheless, though, uh, at least uh, none of these movies will ever be as bad as Suicide Squad. That's Amen. The even the worst Marvel movie will never be as bad as Suicide Squad. That was just a bad, bad movie. Shame on you. Shame on you, David Goyer. But anyways, folks, we have reached the the end of our time. Um, and I and see what what I tell you guys. I told you that we were gonna have a short. We I was like I was like oh it's gonna be a short episode, and we are still clocking in at the exact same time as we normally do. Mm. Audience, we have enjoyed talking with you, and if you've enjoyed listening to us, we do remind you that uh, hey, make sure you go on to whatever platform you're listening to Popcorn Prattle on, and make sure you that you subscribe, rate on rate us on iTunes, uh, leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and if you would like to talk to us personally and tell us why our decisions were horrible or why they were great or, you know, maybe we said something that tipped you off on a major spoiler in Infinity War. We weren't trying to. We were actually trying to prevent that. Um, but if we did, you can yell at us. And, uh, Stephen, where can the folks at home yell at you? Well, um, you can yell at my Twitter. <laughs> Um, at Bailey's Workshop, although I can't promise you all hear it. Um, and uh, you can also go uh, check out my YouTube channel, uh, Bailey's Film Workshop. Just type that in and click the subscribe button and maybe share some of my videos. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. You should do that. Yeah. What about you, Lindley? Folks at home, you can reach me at... Uh, oof, sorry, it's late. <laughs> um, you can reach me on Instagram and on the Stardust app at Little Lottie. That's little L-O-T-T-I-E. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me on that Twitter, though, at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can also reach me on uh, Popcorn Prattle at P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. Um, by the time you listen to this and by the time you message us, um, I will be back online because right now I'm taking a bit of a hiatus. Um, I am avoiding spoilers like the plague. My friends keep posting things about Avengers Infinity War 
and I hate it. And I'm like, stop talking about it. Um, but it's okay. It's all right. I got 24 more hours, and then I will be like the rest of the world. I will have seen Avengers Infinity War, and I will have started, I will have started the crying and the heavy drinking to follow uh, to wipe away my sadness. Um, <laughs> audience, we've had a wonderful time with you. Uh, don't forget, uh, the next time you hear from us after this episode, uh, we will be doing a spoiler-filled uh, episode about Avengers Infinity War. I Like I said, I know Lindley is bursting at the seams to talk about it, but, but Lindley, you gotta hold on. You gotta let people see the movie. You see movies... I don't know. Dave and I were talking about it. We don't know how you get to see these movies so quickly. Um, but stop it. Well, <laughs> I, went to the, I went to the fan screening Thursday. Okay. So that's how. Got you. Got you. <laughs> but I well, almost saw it. it the day before, but I had to work, so I couldn't get off. I see. I see. Um, audience, Stephen, Lindley, I think that is everything. Have I covered everything? I think so. Alrighty. Then, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us, to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.